Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting. Podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Prime Podcast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. Rami, thanks for doing this, mate. I appreciate it. Happy Father's Day for yesterday. Man, happy Father's Day to you. I'm really looking forward, man. I'm really looking forward to this interview, mate. Mate, it's um, one that I've been wanting to do for a while. So, mate, you've been quite vocal over the past few months and posting videos and sharing your thoughts on what this lockdown is doing, uh, not just for, for businesses, but also the community. We'll discuss that a little bit uh, and also a little bit about yourself because, mate, you're a bit of a... Um, a miracle story to be honest i've read a little bit about you uh from the last time we had a chat and mate you sort of built yourself from from nothing essentially to be in the position you are now um so tell us a little bit about your, your childhood and what it was like yeah chris uh, mate i i was born in australia i was born in canterbury hospital so i'm a bulldogs man oh, even so man. i support the eels mate <laughs> But uh, man, at the age of four, my parents decided to go overseas and start a new life in Lebanon. And as soon as we got there, war started. So we were bad luck to the country. And within a couple of years, by the age of 10, we're back in Australia. So I come back to Oz, not speaking English. It was hard at the age of 10 trying to fit in. So, mate, I took the love. I started the love of cricket and rugby league. And that's how I started sort of fitting into society. That's... Uh, that's sort of the background. And I went to school in Belmore originally and then Wanderick High, which is quite a rough neighbourhood. You know, it's a housing commission. So I grew up, I had to grow up. I had to learn how to be tough. Not that I'm tough in any way, but you had to learn the, you know, you had to learn your way around the streets. You had to learn, you know, your EQ had to be, you know, you had to work on your EQ. It wasn't just about schoolwork. It was about how you walk home from school, how you walk to school. You know, it was quite a dangerous area back in what I'm going back to late to the early 90s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, mate, how'd you get into restaurants? So, I read somewhere you were d- doing uh, delivery driving for a little bit. Yeah. So, mate, so growing up in Bunnerick, again, you sort of like when you grow up in those sort of areas, there's no one around, you know, there's no one around that's sort of driving a nice car where they're driving, wearing a suit or going to work. You find a lot of people are unemployed. You sort of feel like there's you're in a you're in an area or you're confined to a space where you're never going to make it. You're never going to achieve anything. And you know, as a child, as a kid at that age, even the school that we went to was a you know a tough kind of, kind of school. So you grow up even with your career advisor. You're sort of feeling you either go to university and make something of yourself, or you're going to be a loser. And, and sorry, I don't mean a loser, but somebody who's not employed, uh, who's somebody who's unemployable, you know? And we see a lot of those boys, those older kids that we looked up to in the streets of Bonnerick who were unemployed, who were drug dealers, who were stealing cars, who were burning cars. You know, I played a bit of footy, so I got to hang around those boys. So the fact, mate, that I was able to get a Pizza Hut job and as a driver, because I wanted something for my life, I saw that as an achievement because I was comparing myself to the guy who was stealing a car, if you like. And the fact that I was getting an award wage as a pizza driver, I was a champion. So, you know, and I wanted to make something out of my life. You know, watching my parents lose everything from a young from a young age when they went over to Lebanon and we had to come back after the war. You know, like I wanted to make something of myself. So, yeah, as a pizza driver, I took it very seriously, man. Like I thought I was like the prime minister of the country, if you like. Like <laughs> I thought... Mate, the burden of like wanting to deliver a pizza on time to a customer was like everything to me, man. I didn't want to let anyone down. And that sort of, and that sort of, I guess, molded who I was, you know, wanting to be a people pleaser, wanting to help people, wanting to, you know, I became someone that, you know, wanting to grow, I guess. Yeah. So, mate, so you you done that for a while, and then you decided to start your own business. Was yeah, was that yeah, was that the restaurant a, we know it as today, Rache's, or was something prior to that? No, nah, it's one hundred percent Rache's. So I meet my wife; at, she's my manager at Pizza Hut, and because I'm I'm excelling and I'm fighting and I'm trying my best, I'm learning all sorts of strategies here. I'm learning about how to you know how to build a business, how to bring a team together. I'm learning about I'm learning about teamwork. 
because I'm involving myself. I'm, I'm trying to learn about systems and how Pizza Hut is capable of growing and how they're international and what made them international and how you create a business, you know, that's systemized that you can grow. And so all that. So then by the age of 21, I went to my wife, babes, I can do this. I get it. You know, learning, this, learning from the streets, what I have to learn in the streets compared to what I have to do in a pizza hut or in a restaurant environment would be a piece of cake. And that's where it goes. That's where it starts. That's a, it's a great story. And it just proves that if you back yourself, you can achieve anything. You just have to have self-belief. Uh, self-awareness is also very important. And it's, it's, mate, it is, it's scary for a lot of people now. Mate, I know people around me that have been in the same job for you know 10 plus years and they really want to you know, they want to change it up and maybe start their own business from home or, you know, work on a side project and they just get trapped in like a, a the system and they get you know, complacent and comfortable with going to their nine to five job. Well, look, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do look a lot of those jobs, if you do want to grow, you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone. And that's exactly what you've done. Absolutely, Chris. You know, that's what it is. You know, I force myself to step out of my comfort zone. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Like what you said, a lot of people are so afraid of that. You know, they 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 get they get set in their ways and and they think if I leave, they're too worried, they're too worried about you know starting something for themselves. And what I say to people is if find a drive within you, and once you find that drive, and that's what it was for me, it was drive, it was definitely it wasn't my education. It wasn't my, you know, it was just the drive and the willing to learn and just wanting to absorb everything. And if anything were unfortunate, I started at a young age. Don't think I'll just do a job for 10 years, then I'll build a business. That's a big mistake. Start young and, and experiment young and take the chance while you're young. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think based on the conversation we've had and, and what I've seen from you online, it seems like, one of your really strong points, um, and it's a credit to your character, is you seem to be a really strong leader. And you can see that in the videos we'll, we'll discuss in a moment, uh, where, you know, you're, you're speaking from a place of, of emotion, like it's, it's upsetting you that the community is, is at the moment struggling due to the lockdowns. And I'm sure that that's, um, you know, how you handle your business and you consider yourself one big team, one big unit, and mate, you lead by example and you lead from the front. Mate, so I think that's a, I think if we can all adopt that and we can, you know, go into a business and be a leader, as I said, education, yes, it's important to a certain extent, but the way that education system in this country is, is set is you go through primary school, high school, and it's sort of, you got to either get a trade, an apprenticeship, or you got to go to university, depending on what you want to do and where your education's mm -hmm. at. And Look, that's fair enough, but I feel like, you know, if you look around the world, the, the most successful of people are ones who take those chances and, and they, they get out early and they do something different. And yeah. mate, it's, that's what I'm really trying to, hopefully uh, this podcast, uh, the, that, that's a strong message we get across to the people is that, mate, you can do it. hundred percent you can. And you know what? And the, this is something I honestly believe, Chris, the more of an underdog you think you are, that's an advantage. All right. So if you're an underdog out there listening to this podcast, consider that as your biggest advantage. You want to prove something. And the more you want to prove, the more you fight, you know, the more you're in a position to fight. And, and adding to what you're saying, you know, you look at the Steve, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, you know, all those, um, they're the top that come off the top of my head. If you read their history, mate, they're fighters. They were people who were underdogs. They're people who were kicked out of their organ. You know, talk of Steve Jobs, he was kicked out of his organization. People yeah. couldn't even believe he could run his own business. And people will do that to you. And you know why people do that to you, Chris? It's because of their insecurities. Yeah. You know, because people believe they can't achieve, so they stop you. It's to, it's to protect you from falling over. You know how mum says to you, mum or dad, you know, don't go in the sand pit or don't go near the water. They're trying to protect you. And that's probably, you know, and yes, we need to protect our kids and that's where it sort of gets molded into us. But mate, we've got to get to a certain age where we just go, you know what? I'm here. I have one life. I have one chance. What do I have to lose? And, yeah. you know, just fight, 
just fight, man. And you, you see it in athletes. The winners are the ones who are always the underdogs. They're the guys that come out and end up being on top. The Rocky Balboa stories, mate. It's it's yeah, being the underdog definitely has its benefits. And yeah. mate, so okay, let's discuss this lockdown. So from your point of view, from what you've seen over, and this dates back to early last year. Um, how's this impacting businesses? So speak first of all from a business point of view. What what damage is this causing to businesses around the country? Oh, man, it's massive, man. The, the, the price we're going to be paying is for years to come. It's the morale of people, you know, that, that we've heard. Yeah, the business, the financial side, the government, the government can print more money, you know. They, they'll work out the financial sides. Our treasurers will work it out. And really, we've never had to think about what our treasurers are doing and what our government is doing. And But from a small business, and that's what I want to focus on, from a full, small business side of things, man, it's broken people. Like it's hard enough. We mean me and you just been discussing, Chris, how hard it how hard it is to find the courage to start something. Now imagine having the burden of, you know, going what I could start a business and one day somebody can come and close it down, or tell me how to run it or stop it. Like that's another burden, you know. And and meant that I think we're scarred for years and years to come. And all what I could say again to the listeners is yes, it is going to be harder and it is going to be more challenging. But again. We're resilient. Human beings are resilient. You know, when this pandemic started 18 months ago, and I remember sitting down and watching the Prime Minister at 11 o'clock say, you've got to close your restaurants. You know, I have 30 restaurants. They're all dining. And he said, 30 restaurants, I've got to close. No more dining. You know, I could have easily said, okay, it is what it is. But no, the fighting spirit came out, and, and I wanted to beat that. And that's because what's in me, the fighting. And that's what I said. We've all got we've all got it. I just want people to tap into it. If you tap into that fighting spirit, nothing will stop you. You know, hopefully, I, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying, man. Yeah. I mean, look, I've got a, a good friend of mine who was doing courier driving for a few years and he decided to, to take that leap and to go, you know what, I'm just going to go all for it. I think it was in his early 30s and he said, I'm just going to go go for it. He, he quit his job one day, just quit his job. He has a family. So that's obviously a huge risk. And he started mm-hmm. up a, a sort of a landscaping, lawn mowing business. Um, and you started off very small, you know, I think an old station wagon with a lawnmower and whip a snipper in the back and, and, you know, start advertising on Gumtree and that sort of thing. And just started really small, you know, and at first wasn't making enough to cover his bills and then started getting more business, word of mouth spread. And he was able to supplement his original income that he was earning and just do that. And mate, he, 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 I've seen it firsthand what he's done like to the point where he ended up, I think two or three excavators at the end. And mate, he was doing, he was employing about 15 staff and mate, I got a, a message from his wife uh, a few months ago. And it's one I'll never forget is that he was right at the edge and he was, um, she was concerned about him and said, you know, uh, she believed that he was on the verge of, of of ending his life, that he couldn't take it anymore and he lost everything. So, mate, he put in a lot of work. I mean, the guy, whenever I spoke to him, the guy was at work. You know, just day and yeah. night, he's at work building yeah. his business for his family. And when I got that, that message and I got in touch with her and she goes, yeah, listen, he's not doing well. He's obviously extremely depressed and yeah, he can't provide. He's had the ability to provide for his, for his family taken away from him. And... But I reached out to him. We had a chat, and and you know, fortunately, um, it didn't go down where it sort of looked like it was heading, because the goal was at the end. He was really at the end, and mate, that's why I'm extremely passionate about. You know, I don't own a business uh, like yourself, but I do work in mental health, and I see the the effects it's having on the community as a whole. And and having someone, you know, a good friend of mine seeing what he went through and the work he put in to get to the position he was and to have it stripped from him and seeing what that done to him mentally made it it's devastating and it's crushing and that's why when i've seen you know a few of your videos where you're you know you're advocating you're advocating for small business owners you're advocating for the community as a whole and mate you got emotional in a few of your videos and that just shows you know where you're coming from it's a place of passion mate i see other business owners who are you know running huge large businesses and mate, they're getting up there and just saying yeah you just you know everyone just calm down follow the government's advice don't worry it'll all be over soon 
that's not the reality of it. Businesses haven't got the luxury of, of going, yeah, we'll just wait for, you know, six, 12 months. And a lot of businesses can't do that. So, mate, to see what you were doing and just putting your voice out there and, mate, what you're doing is incredible. Thanks, Chris. And it's, it's not, Chris, it's not only, again, it, mate, like that story, mate, that you just shared with me, you know, it's so heart touching. You know, like I think of so many friends as well, mate, who, you know, unfortunately, I have a friend who has taken his life, you know, um, you know, a mechanic who, you know, again, was in financial trouble and he decided, you know, we were all too slow to react. Mental health is not understood. You know, and unfortunately, mate, I, I, I'm i a sufferer. I've suffered. And I remember 10 years ago being in a very, very dark place. You know, and I went out and I reached out and finally it took me years to find um, ways of getting help too. It's not easy to get help. People don't see it. I, you, know, I, you know, the example I give, you know, with a broken arm, people can see you carrying arm and everyone goes, oh, you okay, man? When did you break your arm? How did it happen? No one can see what's inside, what's going on between those two ears, man. And, you know, and be, but being a sufferer, I see it in people and I know, and I've broken an arm and I've broken a leg and I've done my two knees, playing footy, cricket, all that. I know the suffering I've had in broken bones in, in, in that and I know the suffering of mental health, brother. If people understood mental health, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anyone, but if our government and the people understood the severity of mental health, we will not be getting those decisions that we are getting today about COVID. Mm. COVID is secondary. Yeah. COVID, is a, COVID is a shadow at the moment of mental health. Mental health, brother, is, is everything, mate. You know, yes, we want to talk about ICU. We want to talk about how many people in ICU at the moment. We want to talk about how our hospital... Um, how our hospital system is doing. You know, you've got Mr. Brad Hazard, you've got Mr. Gladys Berejiklo, we've got Dan Andrews, we've got Anastasia. Sorry to name them because they're all worried about how they're going to look in people's eyes if our hospitals are not up to, up to scratch. And you know what? Cut the shit. Our hospitals have not been up to scratch in Western Sydney for years. I remember my daughter when she's two or three and I have to wait four hours because she's got a fever. All right? Now they're trying to cover their asses. Stop covering your ass. That's what I say. And let's deal with issues. Yes, COVID is real. COVID is real. We've got to deal with it. We've got to protect ourselves. We've got to, I believe we've got to listen to science and we've got to, you know, we've got to work with them, mate. But for us, for somebody strong in leadership, not to be addressing mental health in a real, in a real um, driven way, in a real proactive way right now. Mate, can you imagine how many dads and mums right now are sitting at home suffering? I'm watching it and I'm, I've got to be careful what I say. My daughter's in the room as well. But Chris, mate, everyone is suffering, brother. I see it. And you know how it takes one to know one, they say? Yeah. Brother, what we're seeing, and I'd, imagine starting a business, Chris. You're talking about your mate. Imagine putting all your livelihood, selling everything, starting something in a boot, you know, building a business, and all of a sudden somebody says, you know what? I don't care who you are. I'm stopping you from doing it. And, mate, how you come back from that without help, only God knows. Only God knows. And I'm just blessed. You know, one thing that I'm blessed about, Chris, sorry to be careful, I'll give you a chance, mate. But yeah. one thing I'm blessed about is that I suffered 10 years ago and I've learned how to sort of manage myself and manage my situation today. And I don't see it, mate. I don't see that when I watch our, our leaders at the moment. Leaders are there to lead what is the major problem at the moment. And it's not the major problem because the media is saying it's a major problem. It's not the major problem because it's overseas. You know, there's COVID overseas. The amount of lives we've lost, yes, I, my condolences go out to everyone who's lost their life. Not with, but uh, sorry, not from, but with COVID-19. I haven't had many people lose their life with COVID-19, but from COVID-19, but with COVID-19. Big difference. Yeah. I want to stress that out. But the amount of people who have lost their life from suicide, we're, hide, we're hiding it. Yeah. And come out and be frank and, and, and show some leadership. That's what I want to ask our government because that's the real damage, mate. That's the real damage. We're not sticking 
straws up people's nose to stick to, to, to work out their mental illness, are we? Because if we did, my God, there wouldn't yeah. be 1,200 cases and 1,500 cases, mate. I'll tell you that right now, Chris. Yeah. Mate, the cases will be off the charts. Yeah. And to anyone listening, this is probably our time. I've dealt with Lifeline. If anyone is listening and I've brought anything on, guys, the number I know it off my heart is 13 11 14. Please reach out. They're happy. They're happy to take your course. It's a great organization. Sorry, Chris, I had went on my no, little rant there, mate, but I'm so passionate about it. Mate, no, that's exactly what I want to hear, mate. And what the people need to hear is, is people like yourself standing up and speaking out. Now, I want to talk about two issues that you just mentioned. The first one being the hospital system and the second being mental health as a whole. So with the hospital system, we know that, um, as you said, we're from the same neck of the woods. I'm Southwest Sydney. The hospitals out here have been shit for, since I was a child. You go into the hospital and you're waiting five, six hours plus to be seen in emergency. Um, you know, unless you're, unless you're having a heart attack, you're not going to get through within anything less than, than two hours. not going to happen. Now, there's ways. Now, I'm not going to get into the sort of medicine side of things because we're both not doctors, but I've spoken to a lot of doctors and professors who have spoken about a lot of uh, early intervention uh, treatment options that are there for COVID patients. They get the virus is that it's very treatable at home um, with different methods. Um, I'm sure you've seen recently Joe Rogan overcome it within two or three days. 100%. Yeah. Now, he's got no agenda. He, he's not getting paid by any of these companies or he's, he's just he's being honest and, and speaking. Look, he's not the youngest bloke in the world. He's in his, I think, mid-50s. Granted, he's a very fit and healthy individual, but, you know, he's getting blown up about speaking about it. Now, if that's his story and that's what he's done and he's prevented serious illness, that's terrific. I think we should be looking at that as, as you know, an inspiration, inspiring us to look more into what he's discussing. And, you know, serious illness, as you said, COVID is definitely real. There's no doubt about that. You've got people out there that are conspiracy nuts that will say, oh, it's all bullshit. It doesn't exist. It's just the flu. No, it definitely exists. It's real. But hospitalization rates is dependent on a few factors, one being the individual. But we know that the seriousness of this virus is determined by a few things, age being one, underlying health conditions being two, and just the overall health of an individual. So if you're somebody who, you know, just say, let's put two 50-year-olds together. One of them has a stationary job. They sit at a desk all day. They eat takeaway for lunch every day. They don't exercise. They don't look after their they don't supplement with vitamins and minerals. Uh, they're just generally unhealthy people. And then you look at another man who's same age, but he's, you know, active, eats the right things, takes his vitamins and looks after himself. And the virus is going to affect them two people very differently, right? So what I would like to see from the government, instead of them whinging and complaining about hospitalizations and that, hey, listen, it's your fault because you didn't get vaccinated. It's, you know, that's the reason why our hospitals are getting full. They need to, as you said, cut the shit and be honest. Listen, get up there every day at 11 o'clock. Address the importance of physical health, diet, exercise, things like vitamin D, vitamin C, garlic, things that are extremely beneficial to our immune systems. And then spend a bit more time talking about mental health. Mate, I made a video earlier today and put it on my Instagram and I was very direct and I said, just a friendly reminder to get the fuck outside. Whether that's exercising, whether that's reading a book out in the sun, whether that's having a little picnic with your family in the backyard under the sun. Not only is it good for you to be under the sun, but mate, mentally, like if you go for a walk, you, you go in the backyard just for an hour and you you feel completely different. It's, it's amazing what it does for you. Chris, they took it the other way. They actually limited our exercise to one hour. Yeah. Of, like, what? Like, who is sitting around that room going one hour of exercise? Like, yeah. are you serious? And that, and I love reading between the lines. You know, I'm a champion at reading between the lines. And that's telling me, mate, like, whoever allowed that and the 12 people, the eight people, the six people sitting around the room going, you know what? Let's restrict people to one hour exercise. They weren't thinking of mental health, not even a, not even a tiny bit. 
Chris, come on, mate, come on. And you know what it is? I'm glad we're having this conversation, Chris. And this is, you know, people like yourself and I now get to get to sort of express ourselves and communicate. You know what? They haven't caught up. They still think they're dealing with, with people out there who are locked and they could do whatever they want. We're not a communist country, mate. Mate, I'm telling you, when we, the higher they get up, and I don't care, I'm going to go out there on the record and saying it. Mate, the higher they get up, they think they think their, their shit don't smell. Mm. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Mate, get in there, get it. Mate, Gladys, God love her. I was backing her early on. Has she, mm. mate, she wouldn't even know where Western Sydney is. She no. wouldn't even know what the flats look like in Fairfield. No. All right? She doesn't know. You know what? They stop us and they even put a curfew at nine o'clock. But, mate, people were walking around, including doctors, you know, I know. You know, they're walking around at 11 o'clock because guess when you're most, when you're, when, when, when you start getting stressed out, it's usually late at night. Yeah. And they're saying, no, 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 no. After nine o'clock, don't, COVID, mate, the, the, the Delta, the Delta strain comes out at night. Mate. That's, that's when it's flying around the air. Don't you dare go out after nine o'clock. And if yeah. somebody was think, thinking mental health, that would not even made the table. Whoever made that suggestion at the table, I don't know who it is, should stand up and resign now. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's an idiot. He or she is an idiot. And whoever yeah. approved it is an idiot. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Mate, no, you're right. <laughs> I so passionate, mate. Mate, that's good. It's good to see. But, <laughs> mate, as you say, look, it, it's, it's what they're doing is counterproductive. So, again, I went on Instagram a few weeks ago. I went up to Big W. Uh, with my, my little one to to look at um, a, a new bike for her so we can, you know, go riding around and whatnot. A bit of exercise for her. And, mate, walking into Big W, they had the store separated. So essential and non-essential items, right? Now, I walked through the lolly section where they have lolly, the confectionery, the soft drinks and all that shit that we shouldn't really be eating a great deal of. I walked through there to go up to the sports, the fitness section, yeah, the bikes and the treadmills and all that sort of thing. And it was roped off. It was roped off. And I said to the guy who worked there, and I feel bad because I sort of took a bit of frustration out of him. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's just one of those things where you get, it, it's emotional for a lot of people. And we speak, like people like us, we speak from, from inside. And unfortunately, some people cop it and they shouldn't. And, you know, unfortunately for him that day, I said, mate, why can't I go in there? No, it's not essential. I said, mate, are you fucking kidding me? I said, I just walked through a lolly aisle, which was open to get to the, the fitness and outdoor uh, sports section. And that's roped off and, and deemed non-essential. Mate, who makes this advice? Look, who, who? oh, it's not us. It's from the government. Yeah. I said, well, it, it's, it's counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve. If they were really were wanting us to get on top of the virus, they would promote exercise. They would promote good nutrition they would promote getting outdoors all these things we know they would promote like this concept of from whatever date i think she said the 13th september i don't even know if she's still saying that because they change their mind every second or third day but to say that unvaccinated families can't have a picnic like what's that we know the virus doesn't doesn't transmit well outdoors we all know that so you're telling you're separating and saying well listen if you're if you're vaccinated no problem you can go and have a, a picnic with your family out in the park but if you're unvaccinated sorry you got to stay at home mate what is that you know i call it man i call it i don't know what sort of management it is i don't know what sort of leadership it is but it's the worst leadership of all mate mate not to understand get out mate I, mate their life is not different all right so with i'll start with the prime minister right now they're still turning up five days a week. God love them because they won't work seven days a week. Or well, some of them are working six days a week. But they turn up to their meeting, mate. They're getting their paycheck at the end of the week. Hey, nothing mentally here. I'm busy. I'm actually busier than normal. Mm. Things are happening for me. Actually, you know what? I've got more power. Look at me. The Channel 9 or all the, all the mass media is listening to me. The Look, mate, the arrogance over the the way they're speaking to the, they're not even considering the journalist mental health sometimes. Oh, you wait, you step back. You know the arrogance which yeah. goes to that? You step back, you step back, mate. Yeah. You're too close. And you have you go. You know, it's not your go. That's not somebody. Where's the heart, mate? Where's the heart? How do you, come on. How about I go and speak? 
I, I don't want to aim at Gladys or at Dan or, or Prime Minister Morrison or whoever. Let me go and speak to them like that, see how they handle it. They'll call security, get me carried out, and I'm out of there. Who are they? Who are they? They're there to represent us today. And we are going through times that, as they say, that we've never gone through. We have got met our kids. And again, I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to drift too much. You'll find me drifting no, too much, Chris. But the mental health of everyone, mate, it breaks my heart, brother. Mm. Mate, how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to come out of this? And I don't mean COVID. I don't mean COVID. I mean mental health. That's going to blow up in the government's face big time. Yeah. That's look, mate, it brings tears to my eyes, mate. That's what's gonna bring, mate. That, and you know what it is? If I've got COVID, I can go out to the doctor and I can tell my family and friends. Most people, because we're not all we're not all tough, mate. Some of us, and sorry, the tougher we are, sometimes the harder it is to to express ourselves. It's easy for me to go to my family, oh, you know, I've got COVID, I've got to lock myself up. But you try telling your family, you try telling your kids. Your wife, your father, your mother, I'm locking myself up in a room because I'm mentally effed up at the moment. Yeah. Think of that, mate. Think of that. That's that's where the drama is, brother. That's that's where the drama is. And you know what? They're not in touch. I don't care, mate. You know what? They're trying to scare us. They, they want to try and shut us down. They, they don't want me to say the truth sometimes. But I don't care, mate. I'm here, I'm here to fight for people and to fight for people at my level, mm. at my level, and whatever that level might be. But that's, oh, hopefully we're heard, Chris, because something's got to be done, brother. Yeah, something's got to be done. Look, we're getting heard. And I think, uh, mate, I, I didn't expect, when I started this podcast, I didn't expect to for this to happen. Like, it's just, it's blown up out of nowhere, really. I did not expect it uh, to, to sort of happen as quick as it did. I like to think I'm somebody who's positive and I'd like to think, you know, I, I did think, you know, I'll make this something really great and I'll be unique. And, uh, but mate, I didn't expect it to happen as fast as it has. And I think it's a testament. Well, it's the people. And I, I always say to the people on my Instagram and social media accounts, it's because of you, it's not me, me and you were having a chat. It had, it's not difficult. It's the people that are spreading it and, you know, sharing the message and telling their friends about it and their family about it. And people are listening and tuning in. And I've had many people who have thanked me for, um, not me personally, but the, the guests I'm speaking to, for, you know, bringing them some, you know, information or positivity, whatever it may be, mate. Because you turn on that that channel nine, channel seven, channel ten, mate. That alone will put you in, in depression just by watching it. It's brutal. I can't do it, mate. Everything is mm -hmm. doom and gloom. There's nothing, nothing positive. Like I know a guy who had the virus. A while, mate, seventy nine year old man didn't step foot inside a hospital. Didn't mm -hmm. step foot inside a hospital. Right, you don't hear that. If they were to start reporting honestly, hey, listen, um, there was this many cases today. This many people, unfortunately, three or four people lost their life. But hold on, also a seventy-nine-year-old man overcome it and didn't have to go to the. That would make the country's living in fear and anxiety. Like people are thinking shit, you know. Especially the, I think the sort of the older generation, they rely on the information from those mainstream media outlets, and they're also the most vulnerable. So I, I can't imagine what's going through their mind every day, thinking, shit, if I step outside, I'm going to fucking get it and I'm going to die. That's what they would be thinking. The way it's built up to be. Huh, mate, I, yeah, brother, brother, they come out and, mate, like Chris, and, you know, without putting a, <laughs> without giving ourselves credit, mate, we could read between the lines. And you listen to them, you listen to the, you listen to the politician. It's fee, fee. Fear. That's all they try and do. The first thing they say, oh, 154 cases and six people dead. You know, one is 90 years old with underlying condition. Another one's 70 with underlying condition. They don't tell us what the underlying condition. No, God forbid that gets in the way. God forbid that the gentleman had diabetes, had heart problems, he's been in hospital for six months. How many times have you heard him say, oh, and the person has been in hospital? And, and mate, my condolences go out to that family. Mm. But come on, be fair. Be fair. Don't play political games. And what they're adding, and this is Chris, honestly, I want you to take this point. Not a, what they're adding is they're adding more, like they're adding more mental health issues on us. They're adding, they're adding to the mental health. Don't worry. I'm gonna go. We have to I'm gonna go step back here, Chris. Don't worry about them addressing mental health. They're adding to mental health. Yeah. 
I swear to you, I'm no lawyer, but I could put a case forward right now where I could say, you are contributing to my mental health. You are responsible. And you know who I'm leading. I'm talking about the leaders. Yeah. You are actually adding to my mental health right now. If yeah. that's the way I spoke to my staff, if that's the leadership I had in here, one, I wouldn't have a business. Number one, I'd have broken people. Number two, I'd have broken people. Like, it's it's disgusting, yeah? yeah. It is. It is. I've said it. I've said it before. It is actually disgusting. It's yeah. it's it's people worried about their own jobs, and and it's people worried about how they look, and 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 in the hardest time in a pandemic, which we appreciate, we both appreciate, Chris. Yeah. It's in the hardest time. They got an agenda. Get out there. Get vaccinated. I'm not saying wipe off your agenda, but don't do it in a way where you're gonna, mate. Look, I said it. I said it yesterday on one of my. TikToks, and I, I regret saying it. They made me believe, and I swear to God, Chris, and I said it, and it slipped out of my word, and I want to take slipped out of my mouth. They've made me believe that my dad is not going to make another Father's Day. That, that's what they've got in my head. Yeah, That's the negativity they put in my head. Yeah. Mate, it's... it's you know who's suffering, though? Uh, with, back to mental health. You know what? The As I said, the virus is affecting the elderly, mainly the elderly right and the people like the, the people that are at most risk they've retired they've got some savings well most of them i'm sure not all of them but most of them they've lived their life they've you know paid you know worked 40 plus 50 years paid their taxes they're at the back end of their life they've you know they're in a position where it doesn't really bother them whether they go to work like they don't you know they're not, they're not reliant on an income each week and the people that it is affecting mental health is the ones that are least affected by the virus 20 year olds 30 year olds 40 year olds we're the group that's copying it that's copying the brunt of of you know the, the, it's it's mental it's fatigue like it's just it if you listen to it too much it will drain you it'll put you in a position like you've just it's i've never seen anything like it in my life and you know it's evident in the fact that when there's a death 70 80 90 year old they they quickly skim over that they go you know just uh, one death 70 year old one death 80 year old when there's someone in their 30s or their 20s mate they have a 30 minute discussion about it and do you know why that is i'll tell you why that is because they need to create fear because if they don't do that you know what's going to happen 20 and 30 year olds are going to re- oh hold on i'm probably not going to die from this why should i get vaccinated that's what that's the reality of it mate this is a game around vaccination and I'm, I'm happy to say that because that's what that's my opinion but it's, that's what it looks like to me it, it's created an environment where everyone's running to these vaccine centers that's my personal uh, belief what, why why they're doing that mate i don't know it's a game mate chris both you and I, I could tell, mate, I could get a read on you, mate. You're very street smart, mate. You're not, mate, you're not going to get much. You know one's going to play you, brother. I can see that, man. Brother, it's a game. It's a game. And they're trying to play on the week. And they're trying to play on the week. And and that's, may God help those people. That's the way yeah. I look at it, mate. Pick on the week. That is disgusting. That is so, I'm so disgusted when I see some of our leaders on the big screen at the moment, mate, I am. And, you know, oh, oh, God. And to play a game like that with people's minds. And, and, and I just want to add one more thing, Chris, and I'm going to jump a little bit back. You've got to understand something about mental health for people. Hopefully no one, not many people are suffering, but I don't think so. Mental health doesn't affect, it affects your, like what you, sorry, you hinted on it. It affects your muscles. It affects, it affects your immune system. It affects your heart. It affects every single part of your body, mate. And I'm not going to share too much, but when I'm going home, and I don't want anyone to feel sorry for this, mate, but when my legs are shaking all night, mate, I know, I know, I know where that's coming from, mate. That's stress. That's, that's stress, brother. There's yeah. no medicine for that, mate. You know what I mean? And, and they're contributing to it. And I don't want to share too much on my own personal journey because it's not about me, mate. It's about people out there. It's about how people are struggling. And, and, and sometimes people think, and I've got to clarify that, sometimes people think mental health means you're just stressed out or you get a headache or, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're just stressed sitting in the corner. There's so much more to it physically. Mate, you will, and 
mate, think of the domestic abuse out there as a result of mental health. Because think about your how you behave. You're no longer in control. Think of maybe how you're speaking to people, how speaking to their kids, whatever the case may be. Mental health just drags. There's so many, um, what do you call it? There's so many, oh, I can't think of the word, but you know what I mean? There's so yeah, many yeah. things. Yeah, it, it's and they've created an environment where where mental illness is thriving because you've got a you can't go outside and exercise, you can't spend time out with your kids, the picnic at the park, you're not allowed to do it. But everyone's locked at home. Domestic violence, um, it, mate, the rates of domestic violence is the jump is so dramatic. But they're not going to speak about that, of course not. And then to add to that problem, they're keeping bottle shops open as an essential business and an essential service. So you've got all these people who are got nothing else to do because we're all at home bored and some people are drinking. And because of the depression and the things that go along with it, people are starting to abuse alcohol and not in all cases, but definitely some cases that's, that's creating um, or contributing to domestic violence and the rise in domestic violence related um, situations, which is, as I said, mate, I, I did have the number a few weeks ago, but I'd, I'd have to, I'll, I'll post it after this uh, bit with podcast, but it was dramatic. Like it was dramatic. So they're creating this environment where we're suffering physically, we're suffering mentally, um, mate, spiritually to a certain extent. You know, you can't go to places of worship, churches, mosques. You can't go. It's, it's taking all of our basic human rights away. And the fact that people have the ability to do that is scary. And not only that they can do that, but they can do it like that, click of a finger and it's all taken away. That's the scariest thing. Where's our spiritual leaders? With the Jewish, the, the Christians, the Muslims, the, the Hindu, where are they, mate? Where are they speaking out? Where are they fighting for their people? But I honestly believe, you know, they show us, they show us lines outside Lakemba, which is a hotspot, the LGA. They don't show us people going in for spiritual purposes at the mosque in Lakemba Mosque at the moment. They're showing us them going in to get a vaccine. Yeah. Like, 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 come on, guys. Like, 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 come on. I encourage every leader out there, please. And it's people with bigger voices than me, louder voices than me and you, Chris. It's time these people stood up and spoke from their heart. This is, we're human beings at the end of the day, mate. Yeah. We're human beings and we're here to fight for one another. And I just hope, I just hope to God that we can all see light very, very soon and we're able to, you know, all stand together and and work together and get out of this shit that we're in. Yeah, mate, and it's, it's a joint effort. We've all got to do our part. And, mate, you did your part on Friday. How did the auction go for the um, your memorabilia? Yeah. How did that go? Yeah, it's good, man. Like, you know, we sort of, uh, it was the first auction we, we ran. So we had eight cameras. We should have had one device, but that's okay. It was chaos. I fell off the stage, which probably added to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mate. But the fact, look, the biggest thing that I'm proud of is it created awareness within my organization. Yeah. It made I've got over 2,000 staff. And the 2,000 staff, they looked at me and they look at me as a leader and they think, hang on, if Ram is willing to confront that, maybe I'm allowed to speak out. And hopefully our customers as well. That's been the biggest win. Hopefully our customers are going, you know what? I'm allowed to talk about mental health. I'm allowed to be mentally ill. Because it's not like you have a choice. It's not like you go, I don't want to be. It, and see, yeah. it's not like I don't want to be ill. <laughs> you got no choice, right? Yeah. So hopefully, right. so hopefully I've been able to create that awareness. And the fact so far, we guaranteed over $16,000. You know, it's My hard with an auction collecting money. Yeah. But like what I said, that's the least I could do, mate. That's... It, again, the win, the win, win. I I went to sleep on Friday night just going, look, I've, I was able to achieve something a little bit for society, mate. So thanks for asking, Chris. No, that's right, mate. Look, it's a great thing you did. And when we spoke about it, I think it was Thursday night, uh, mate, yeah. I, I let you know that it's important that we all do our part. And, mate, you've done your part. And, and mate, look, not of us are all, not all of us are in a position where we can do you know, the same. I mean, some people don't like me. I'm lucky that I've got a, a pretty big platform and I can speak and have these conversations with people like yourself and, and sort of raise awareness that way. Financially, mate, I, I can't do much. You know, I'm not in a position where I can do a great deal, but what we've all got ways that we can, we can contribute, um, whether it's just by being a voice, 
whether it's made, I'm, I've got a few um, items, a merch store that I have for the podcast, mate. And yesterday, for Father's Day, I just gave away some hats and things. Like, I can't do much, but, mate, as long as we do a little bit uh, um, to, to help out and contribute, because, mate, that's going to be, this is going to be the biggest problem. And we're going to see this in a few years' time. Not a, we're seeing it immediately, but wait. Wait a year. Wait two, three years, and you're going to see the effect of this last 18 months of what it's done to people mentally. And then we're going to have another pandemic on our hand and it's going to be mental illness. That's exactly what's going to happen. And mate, I just, I really wanted to, to speak you know, and, and praise you for your leadership. And mate, look, to be honest, we'll talk about this very briefly. One of the, I've known you for a while, obviously, mate, I love your restaurants. I eat at Rache's more than I'd like to admit. Um, but mate, I've, the first time I really sort of saw you, instead of sort of being a businessman and more of an individual, when they come and arrested you for not for your staff not wearing a mask. Mm. Um, and mate, when I saw that, uh, you know, mate, you, you're not a mate. You were treated uh, unfairly that day, in my opinion. Um, and mate, you're standing up for what you believe in. And yeah, hundred percent, mate. They walked in one day and they walked in that day, mate, and they, you know, and. Look, they've been given an order, you know, they've been given an order, you know, to sort of mask and all that. And and he came in here and made heavy handed on staff that I'm trying to protect. And I don't want to embarrass, I'll just use them as a group. And the first the first person that he spoke to was somebody who's on our is struggling mentally. Mm. And I hope she doesn't mind me saying that or, you know, and and the, man, I'm like, you mate, what are you doing? Talk to me. Talk to me. And and not only was he out of line, that was the day they got a they got an order. That was the line when they said, listen, go hard in the LGAs. Yeah. Let's go hard. And for them to embarrass me like the way they did, um, shame on them. But like what I say, mate, um, I still I still wanna I understand that they got families as well. Yeah. I wanna look at their mental health. I understand the police are trying to do their job. And at the end of the day, the way the way the only reason I'm sort of I think I could have handled it better is I should have stopped for a second and realized that this person has also got a family. This person also could be under mental stress. That's the part I'm regretful. I looked at that person as a police officer, as opposed to look, or I looked at them because there was hundreds. I looked, at them as, I looked at them as police officers and I'm disappointed in myself when I should have stopped for a second and looked at them as human beings. That's where I'm disappointed in myself because I'm sure they're going through mental, if not, I'm sure they, they, they got a lot of stress on them. So that's my disappointment. That's, that's my true disappointment. But, mate, what a farce, huh? what a farce. I'm, I'm disappointed not one of them. Okay, I missed it. I forgot about mental health. I forgot about that they've all got, they're all going through different struggles, but not one of them was able to realise maybe I'm going through a mental a mental struggle. Anyway, it is what it is, Chris. And and I got to speak to Nolan, um, Commissioner Nolan, um, I can't think what his name, what his surname is now. And he was the next day, mate. He was on the phone to me and we spoke. And we understand, mate. I, I think the police understand they were out of line. And I don't want to say they were out of line, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to encourage anything, man. At the end of the day, you know, like what I said, we got to love each other. It doesn't matter what level. Even when I say the leaders aren't doing their job, um, I want them to take something as well. They're, they're trying to do the best they can because the last thing I want to do is affect their mental health as well. So um, they're trying to do the best their job to the best that they can. But that doesn't mean it suits what's going on today. That's... It, I just hope I'm, I'm heard clearly there because they're human beings as well. And I want to work with every single human being out there, whether you're a leader, whether you're a prime minister or whether you're a six-year-old kid. Yeah, mate, look, I don't think anything that you've said at all is out of line and it, it, it's the reality of the situation. And I, I've, in the last episode I did, I, I spoke to a solicitor and I raised the issue on, on the police and the fact that, mate, I've, I've had, I've been a few weeks ago, I was pulled over by, in one day, I was pulled over three times for a, a health compliance check uh, when I was at work. Um, you're driving to and from work. And, mate, all of them were fine to me. They asked a few questions. That's their job. They're only doing their job. And, mate, uh, we had a bit of a laugh. And, mate, that they, mate everyone's – they don't – 
I'm sure, I can't say all of them because I'm sure there's a few of them who who would, but the majority of them don't like what's going on. They don't like finding people for not having a mask on correctly. And mate, they don't want to do that either. There's a lot of good a police out there and a lot of them do just go to work and do their job and are there to serve us. And if you treat them poorly, like I've seen videos, mate, I'm sure you've seen them. Police walk up to somebody and say, mate, hey, can you just move on from here? And people fire up about it and cause a huge scene, end up getting arrested and fined and up in front of a, a judge. For what? Mate, you're just yeah. told to move on. Okay, you know, maybe it goes against what you believe is right, but just do it. Like, don't make it harder on yourself. They're just doing a job. They have families as well. And I'm not saying that some police aren't uh, stepping over the line because that's definitely happening. But the majority of them are just doing their job. We need to treat each other with respect and understand that, you know, if we can get to that point where we're all understanding of each other and when, you know, we all have little outbursts like you did with the mask situation and, mate, that's going to happen. We're all under immense stress. We're emotionally drained and I think everyone's mental health, I don't think there'd be a person out there who's not struggling to some degree mentally. And that's going to have, you know, adverse um, reactions, whether it be mouthing off at somebody who doesn't deserve it or, you know, saying or doing the wrong things. But, mate, we all need to work together and, and get along and get through this no matter how long it takes. Hopefully the politicians can start looking at mental health more seriously and, you know, do what they can do to help give us back, you know, some of those things that are important, family time at the parks and, you know, maybe going to the beach and things like that. Things that just will overall help everybody's mental health. If we can all work together in that direction, mate, it'd be a much better place. 100%, 100%, mate. Look, I'm very optimistic. I honestly think sometimes things have to get really bad before they get better. And I think this is one of those situations, you know, things are really... At a low in Australia, really, really low. I think we, uh, well, I think we've really haven't sort of. We don't take politics too seriously as Aussies. You know, we just turn up at the yeah. ballot box and yeah, he looks good, mate. He's got a beard. He doesn't have a beard. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you know, and now we've learned that. Hang on, we next time there's a next time there's an election, mate. Mate, you watch. We're all going to be on it. We're going to be. It's going to be a different game for him, mate. Those. If it, all those marketers or bullshit artists are going to get found out because we're going to be there and we're going to fight and we're going to make sure that the right people get in, I think. So looking optimistically, I think we're going to live in a much better state. I think we're going to, our country is going to improve. That's the optimism I have anyway. Yeah. Now, mate, one, one last question before I let you go. With this talk around, you know, uh, vaccinated people being allowed to enter into restaurants and certain things. How does that impact you as, as a business owner sort of having to make that decision? And if they look, if they mandate it, you, unfortunately you have no choice, but I'm sure you wouldn't be happy with excluding people just based on their, their, their vaccination status. I mean, is that something you're concerned about moving forward? If that does happen? I mean, excluding people, like you make me think of when I opened a cafe, I used to chase the people down the street, grab them by the hand and force them into the restaurant, you know, shoes on or no shoes. You know, you know, we, we, especially in hospitality, you get into hospitality because you love, you're a people person. And for me to say to somebody, I'm not serving you, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Even if it's illegal, I don't know how I'm going to say it. If somebody comes in and says, I want to feed, well, I'm going to say, no, mate, you haven't got a passport. I can't feed you. It goes against every single every single DNA, every single atom in my body. Like the way I'm brought up, mate, you feed people, then you eat. You yeah, know? That's right. And, and that's, the, that's the game I'm in, mate. That's I'm in the game of putting smile on people's faces. I'm in the game of bringing people together. I'm in the game of bringing families. I'm in the game of creating entertainment for people. And for me to stand there and... and and um, say to people, you can't come into my business. If they put that pressure on me, you're going to hear a very, very loud Rami. Rami might even get louder, Chris. <laughs> oh, mate, it's, I, mate, I can't imagine. Like, some, especially someone like yourself, mate. And you've traded in. I know when I go to Rashe's, mate, it's it's different to any other restaurant I eat in. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different environment. It, it's 
it's casual, but it, it, it's 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 friendly, and there's families there eating, and made all, from all different demographics. It's not an upper class restaurant. It's not a. It's just it's it's inclusive of everybody. That's the, that's the vibe I get when I go to Russia. Is that it's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And without putting tickets on myself, matter hyper represents who I am because I'm inclusive. That's that's the way I was brought up, mate. But to be inclusive of everyone, mate. I grew up around Indigenous. I grew up around Aboriginals. I grew up around, you know, when I say Aussie, 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 you know, around Warren and, you know, and, and John A, and I grew up around uh, Muhammad and I grew up around Frankies and I grew up around, and that's, mate, but I learned that we're all the same. We all bleed the same. We're all the same. It doesn't matter what colour, how we are, whether we're big, small, and that's a beauty, mate. And, you know, and that's that's life, yeah, that's that's life. That's humanity. That's and if we forget what humanity is about and we are one, we've lost the game. That's when yeah. we've lost the game, bro. Mate, but when you say that we are one, I put a post out this morning with that with that hashtag. And the, mm. I put that post out and I said, you know what? I said over the years we, we see it, we see the mass media cause issues in society. So we go through periods of 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 terrorism and, and anti-Islam sort of media where it's sort of everyone against islam then we see periods where it's you know australians versus you know sort of the race you know, australians versus indigenous australians and then you see now vaccinated versus unvaccinated and mate i've that's been happening for as long as i can remember there's always a particular uh, let's just call it agenda going on that that's causing a division in society and at the moment, it's it's vaccinated versus unvaccinated. But, mate, division isn't necessary. We're all human beings. It doesn't matter what colour you are. It doesn't matter what religion. It doesn't matter what sex you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're one. The way I look at it, we're one organism. Right? 100%. Chris, I've got something to contribute. Maybe, I don't know, maybe me and you could become leaders, mate. No, I'm only saying <laughs> Oh, mate, I couldn't. I couldn't do no, it. I couldn't. But you know what? Like, the, the thing I hear, like, you know, when I hear... Look, now we just had in New Zealand, you know, uh, somebody from ISIS stabbed five people in Woolies, you know, in a supermarket. You heard about that? Yeah. For me, it's simple. A human stabbed five humans. What's that got to do with his religion? You know, we we say, you know, um, this country is attacking this country. No, 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 no. Humans are attacking those humans. Yeah. Let's let's put all that aside. We are human above all. You know, there's something that's unwritten. It's a, I think you would know about it from mental health. You know, you, they can't, um, uh, politi- politicians, sorry, um, not politicians, um, news readers or journalists don't report on suicide. You know, they say, you know, mysterious yeah. death or, you know, which is fair enough. It's an un, it's a code word. So it, same thing, mate. If I was in control of any media, if I had any power, any voice, that would be one thing I would introduce. You're not allowed to say this guy is from that sect or that religion or that country. A human did something to a human. Not, right, I don't care. That's what's happened. Yeah. You know, what they do, you know what I mean? Is something else. But a human did something. And once we start thinking like that, we're going to move along forward. We're going to move a long way. We're going to move a long way forward as humans, mate, in humanity. Mate, absolutely. And and that's like the old saying is that um, guns don't kill people, people kill people. That's a similar exactly. principle. Exactly. It's the person's intention, mate. I've got I've got many friends from all a variety of religions, not one of them are bad people. And that's the same, mate. You're gonna have different races that are that are good and bad and everything. That's the point. Now stop highlighting that and stop saying because you know what's you see that what's happening in New Zealand, they're very quick. Um, radical Islam, you know, straight away, bang, terrorism, terrorism. But it, you don't see that when, you know, John Smith, you know, a white Australian goes out and, and which we've seen with that, um, what's his name? Uh, I didn't want to mention that that grub's name, but the guy that went into the, the mosque in New Zealand and shot those innocent yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, it, 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 initially it wasn't looked at as terrorism. They, they refused, it's like they refused to say the word terrorism unless it involves uh, Muslims, let's be honest, right? It's yeah. like, man, you can't, terrorism is an act of terror. That, that's the core of the word is terror. If somebody's causing terror, 
to other people. They're a terrorist, right? It doesn't matter what color they are, what, what religion they are. The sooner we can stop that and stop the labels, as you said, an individual killed somebody, not the religion. No, it's human. It means humans, man. We're exactly just human did this and that human. That's yeah. all. Stop it at that. Stop it at that and watch the changes, mate. And well, you know what? Again, Chris, let's be optimistic. I think we're heading to better places, mate. I think, um, like what I said, sometimes, you know, hardship brings ease, you know, after hardship yeah. disease. And I think I think we're going to, and I love, mate, I love your voice. I've, honestly, this is, this, I'm not pissing down your pocket, Chris. I could just see you work from your heart, man. And it's, mate, good on you, brother. I'm really honoured to be on your podcast today, man. It's just, you know, I could see, I, I hear you talking from the heart. And that's what I love, man. Mate, that's what I love. Step back to you, man. It, it's, it's, you see that in people. You see when people are real and you see when people are fake. Mm. You know, you can see, and that's, that's, you can judge that based on emotion. You can tell whether a person's speaking from, from the heart, from inside, or they're just saying it because they feel like they have to say it. And, yeah. and brother, that's what really stands out about you. So listen, I'll let you go, man. You've probably got things to do, but I really appreciate you being here. We can do it again whenever you want. Let me know. Um, mate, anything you get involved, any initiative, uh, like your auction on Friday night, for example, mate, please let me know. I'll do all I can do to, to help raise awareness to that. And, mate, um, I'll put some links up also to this podcast because I understand that it may be uh, triggering for, for some people. So I'll put some links up for some, some counselling and mental health services. But, mate, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Likewise, Chris, mate. Honestly, great honour, mate. Uh, I've enjoyed the hour, mate. Thank you so, okay. thank you so much, Chris. Thank Take you, care, brother. Take care, brother. Come See you, man. Family.